Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome. Welcome to our show. Good people, welcome. And I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. Anyone who want to learn more about marketing in recession, about developing innovative digital strategies, welcome. Because today we are going to learn and get a lot of new insights. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Anna Tuskaya. How are you? Always good. Thanks a lot for having me on your podcast, Anatoly. I'm super excited to be here, share as much as I can, uh, and discuss fun stuff with you, fun marketing growth strategies. Nice, nice. You know, I found one interesting thing. You know, when people have uh, an awesome smile, they can share valuable insights. So I can feel, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this valuable insights. Okay. Uh, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about these innovative ideas. Uh, sure. So uh, I've been, first of all, I live in California and I've been working with startups for almost a decade, helping them grow and acquire customers. And I've been using a ton of digital marketing strategies along the way. I started, you know, as a uh, intern at one of the startups here. So doing a lot of stuff hands-on and then eventually I grew into head of marketing um, with a global brand called ManyChat. Um, and I spent there three years, grew it from 1 million to 3 million customers and launched five new products around the way. And right now I consult and advise global startups. I am a 500 startup uh, mentor. So doing a lot of interesting and exciting stuff all around marketing. And I love sharing what I learned throughout the way, all the strategies that I found you know, efficient for companies I work with with others so they can, you know, implement it too. So happy to share. And while talking, I find that you very often come up with new ideas. So I'm looking forward from, you know, getting some interesting insights from you too and from the questions you ask. Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. Looking forward there. And uh, let me start from the first question. You know, marketing is huge. We have many different directions. And I found when companies get this trap, they're trying to cover a lot more than having resources or experience. Uh, and uh, the second trap, they usually analyze competitors and replicate their methods. Okay, competitors can do many things uh, because marketing is huge, but uh, most successful competitors have their strong sides. They have experience to provide some marketing campaigns. They know how it works. For example, if I'm going to TikTok, uh, I can, uh, you know, it's not my social media. I love watching this content, but I can't create engagement content on TikTok. That's why I usually pay attention to LinkedIn. Uh, if if uh, I have my customers on TikTok and my competitors can do, it's not the best decision to go to TikTok because of my experience. Can you tell how to find the right channel? How to uh, create the right strategy uh, for the right channel? That's a really good question. And I'm glad that you brought up this, you know, uh, competitors game. 
the funny part they can tell you is when you are trying to copy your competitors and at some point of time you make friends with your competitors and they tell you that they were trying to you know recreate your campaign so it's like a game i'm copying you you're copying me and no one wins <laughs> in this situation yeah. <laughs> um talking about the channel you know it's very important to actually get back to basics uh and to start with your customers to actually figure out who your customers are and where they hang out online if it's online business and how can you, you know, meet them there with their needs, with their challenges, with their questions that they have and try to solve that? Because it shouldn't go with you and with your strength. Because just to give you an idea, if you're not a fan of creating content on TikTok, but for some reason you realize that 80% of your customers are on TikTok, you would either figure out how to, you know, create this engaging content or you would outsource it, right? You would find people yeah. or agencies or team members who can do it for you because your customers are there. And that's where all businesses should start, not from their competitors, not from their gut feelings, you know, but from their customers, where they are. Talk to them, mm -hmm. figure it out and be there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, if you can't do yourself, you can delegate, you can outsource, find someone who can do it. Can you tell how to find a responsible marketer or uh, to outsource? Because, you know, uh, for example, every single day I get a lot of emails about link building, guest posts. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it takes like five minutes a day, five, ten minutes a day just to delete, remove all these emails. I, I made a few experiments with these emails. Uh, once I decided to ask uh, 50 uh, times uh, on different emails to uh, share information uh, on my LinkedIn post. And many of them did it. Then. I asked 50 new emails that I uh, came uh, to my email list and uh, uh, to ask the same question and <laughs> nobody did it nobody. because, <laughs> because uh, some of them even replied I did it before <laughs> that was from another email. So probably uh, the same companies uh, are there just to register many different emails. And uh, can you tell how to find a responsible company who can lead your marketing efforts in the right direction? That's the hardest thing to do, right? And usually word of mouth, um, it's, you know, the best channel. Like if you can find someone or someone recommended you a either an agency or a consultant, that's definitely a way to go. Um, if you don't have such options, then I would, you know, still look in the networks and ask. Sometimes we don't know where to start. So start somewhere, like ask on your LinkedIn accounts, ask on your social media and see if you have friends who've already partnered with someone. Again, if this mm -hmm. strategy doesn't work for you, there are a ton of other options. Um, like it also depends on your budget. If you're looking for a short term project, you can look at uh, websites like Upwork. I know that it's a hit or miss. But if you really do uh, a good research and if you try to find for freelancers with high recommendations and if you start with smaller project where you can test, you know, if the person is really good or not, then it's the way to go. Another option is to hire, you know, a 
either freelancer or assistant outside of the US. I'm not sure if your um, like listeners are in the US or in other countries, but to give you an example, I just hired my, you know, virtual assistants. It's hard to say virtual assistants. I would say like a marketing generalist just for myself to help out with projects I'm involved with. Uh, through a company and I'm not affiliated. I just really enjoyed the experience. It is called Virtual Latinas and they help you find folks who are, you know, uh, who live in Mexico or who live in um, Costa Rica or other, you know, Latin American countries uh, who are really good experts and you can't compare, you know, their salaries with someone in the U.S., uh, and they're smart people uh, with good English and with skills that you're looking, you know, to find. And you can always test, uh, try and see if it's something that works for you before you get to this, you know, ideal candidate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you unhided my secrets now that I use in my company. <laughs> I <laughs> No, I cooperate with various experts in many countries. Uh, and, um, you know, for example, I usually hire designers in Ukraine. Uh, mm-hmm. copywriters in the US, uh, editors in the US, because um, uh, for me it's important to have high quality text. It's like foundation of any content. Web developers I can hire in India because I found some great web developers who can create awesome uh, websites in India. So uh, I think you can find uh, around the world in many different countries, just spend time with that. Okay, Anna, mm-hmm. I have the question about your experience in uh, ManyChat. Now, uh, my company uh, uses this tool on uh, our Ukrainian website, uh, but today many things are coming, like ChatGPT, and uh, they have no this uh, chat option. But uh, uh, I found a few studies that um, you know uh, when uh, some content creators compare content uh, or replies on. Uh, uh, many chat and uh, similar platforms with chat GPT and uh, this chat GPT beat them. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. think what kind of future will be? Because uh, this technology is coming fast and uh, it's hard to compete with them uh, and uh, your insights about developing, innovating uh, in time, you know, when we have such new brands that can overcome the rest. Mm-hmm. So You're asking what's my overall uh, thoughts on this huge AI motion that are happening right now, right? Let's talk about ChatGPT, yeah. (laughs) Okay, because uh, you you started your question with ManyChat, which is a very powerful tool and honestly has nothing to do with ChatGPT because ChatGPT is about content, right? It's an AI tool that allows people to you know, put together any content that they want and it will do it for you. It's actually such a funny story. It's also, it has some human qualities. Yesterday I was Mm -hmm. working on something and I asked ChatGPT to put together a sad story for me because I needed a story to read out of. 
And you know what it told me? It's like, you know, I don't want to give you such story because it impacts your mood and you would need to contact a, a health yeah. professional. I was like, just give nice. me the story. <laughs> but anyways, it's, it, it's just so funny. And ManyChat um, has nothing to do with content, right? ManyChat is a chat marketing automation platform that allows you to communicate with your customers um, on platforms they desire and to automate this conversation. So for example, if you are on Messenger or your customers are on Messenger, or if they are on Instagram, you can create um, campaigns to talk to them, to ask them questions, to offer discounts, promotions, and to do it all like through plug and play solution that is fully mm -hmm. automated you would still need to put together content for your automations and conversations. So you can use chat GPT for, you know, this content. You can ask chat GPT, it's like, hey, like, could you put together the FAQs that I would put at many chats, you know, uh, questions around this and it will help you out. So yeah. that's the only connection that I see. In terms of overall AI motion, I'm honestly super excited about that because there's so much, you know, it can do for you. I'm sure that a lot of, it will eat up a lot of, um, um, jobs. what's the right way? Jobs for sure. Because you mentioned that, okay, I work with content creators in the US. Why do you need it now? Like chat GPT is so much better than a lot of content creators. I apologize for some of the con amazing content creators out there who can't be beaten by AI. But I think within another 12 months, it will be able to write way better article, way more, you know, uh, creative compared to a human being just because it has so much knowledge. So mm -hmm. the future is there. And I think the most important part is how you're going to use it and leverage it for your interests, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and who is going to be responsible, you know, within your team to use it for your advantage. So I think it just gives so much yeah. power in uh, to a lot of businesses and everybody should go ahead and play around with it. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, uh, a few years ago, uh, many marketers, uh, said that AI can't beat great writers. Today, less marketers can say it because uh, today AI is only in the beginning of this development journey. Uh, if I remember correctly, Google started to use AI only in 2015, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot you know, for AI. And today, all businesses can use AI tools, including chat GPT and uh, new versions are coming so we'll see uh, and uh, i think you know ai can beat mediocre writers but ai are not 100 percent <laughs> yeah because you know uh on upwork on fiverr you can find a lot of mediocre writers i i don't i don't want to tell that someone is bad or you can develop in a way you can go ahead if you uh, write badly like me so you can develop the skills to go ahead but we need to adapt to new technologies and i remember gary kasparov you know him uh he is of course yeah, he was the world champion in chess for many years. And someone asked mm -hmm. him what he thinks about uh, AI. And he told, you know, I don't worry about AI at all. I was the first human was beaten by AI playing chess in 1997, many years ago. But I think 
many occupations disappear time to time. You know, uh, and many jobs are disappeared because uh, of these te technologies. What we need to do to adapt these technologies, uh, humans mm -hmm. are not in danger if they adapt and think how to use this technology uh, to create marketing strategy or develop innovative products. So if Gary Kasparov uh, doesn't worry about that, we don't need to uh, worry just to think how to adapt. And Anna, I, have... I agree with you. Uh, can I uh, yeah, add sure, on sure, to, that, to, to, to the adaptation? Uh, I was actually thinking in terms of how content creators could adapt and how the market will adapt to it too. Because if people know that all blogs are written by AI right now, are we actually going to read those blogs? Like, honestly not, right? And probably, I mean, there are so many blogs written out there that nobody cares about. Yes, people might, you know, find something and get to the website, but nobody's reading these blogs. I, I mean, I see it throughout, you know, a lot of companies I work with. But what do people actually enjoy consuming now? People enjoy consuming audio content, right? We are creating this podcast because it's so interesting, you know, to listen to real people, real interviews, so content creators should adapt and think, okay, what audio content can we create, you know, so it's engaging. And so it's not AI created, but it is created by people. Or for example, more video content, right? How many search um, searches start on YouTube versus um, Google? A lot. So figuring out how to scale your video content and create authentic, powerful video content that AI can't create as of now. Now, so, now, know, you know, are, now, yet, yeah. <laughs> because you know, yesterday uh, I read a blog post from a CEO of OpenAI, and uh -huh. he told that they are going to create video AI content soon. So. They're releasing this version. We'll see <laughs> how it works. Uh -huh. So yeah, uh, for me, I'm excited. You now, okay, new technologies are coming, so it simplifies our lives. So we can go ahead with that. So yeah, it's only uh, good news. Okay, uh, Anna, uh, let's talk about trends. You mentioned before the podcast uh, about marketing trends. Can you list them and how companies can adapt today to these trends? It's so funny. We've already discussed a ton of them because AI, you know, rise is yeah. definitely one of the trends and companies need to adapt position, to them. Yeah. Exactly. And this, you know, content switch that is happening right now from reading content that is created by AI and people don't really need it to video and audio content, how SEO is changing. It's a huge one, right? Again, SEO... Uh, when you talk to pretty much every company, all the SEO optimization comes from let's write more blogs and let's optimize uh, the website for search. And I was like, hold on, SEO is search engine optimization. Where do people search? Yes, they search on Google, but they also search on YouTube. How do you optimize your YouTube video presence, right? Where, where else do people search? They search on Apple Podcasts, right? So what content do you put out there so you can be easily found? And do you also optimize for voice? Yesterday, I actually created a reel. I was playing around with uh, my Siri and asking like, hey, can you find me this? Can you find me that? 
And very few businesses are actually optimized for voice. So that's another, uh, you know, trend to figure out how to be easily found on the places your customers are today, not on the places, you know, they were there yesterday and a year ago. So search engine optimization, voice and video content is huge. Another one is influencer marketing. I know mm -hmm. it might not sound like a huge trend because it's been here for quite a while, but it's continue growing and the content creator economy is growing like crazy and companies need to adjust and companies of different sizes. Because what I learned is working here at Silicon Valley with huge brands, they adopted it already and they're getting all the benefits. But when they come and talk to smaller brands, they're a little bit scared of it. They're like, oh, but all these content creators, it sounds so expensive. All these influencers, they're like stars. Yes, they are. But they're also people and different kinds of them exist, right? There are nano influencers whom you can work with. You can find partnerships and collaborators who have audience that you can also tap into. So that's definitely a market to get into because it works. Like, honestly, I've never worked mm -hmm. with a company that didn't have success with influencer marketing. And it's, you know, an upward trend. And I highly recommend jumping into the train if, you know, you haven't done it already. Nice. So SEO, influencers, and finally, personalization. Again, doesn't sound like a huge trend, but it is. And again, a lot of people are talking about, not a lot of people are utilizing that. So figuring out what are you doing right now, you know, for your audience to personalize content that you put out there so it speaks to them. So depending on the stage of their experience with your product, whether they just start using it, whether they are maybe just registering or they are already using your product or service, how can you offer your, again, content or services so it speaks to them? So constantly figuring out, you know, what are the tools that can help you with that? Um, do you know your audience well enough, you know, to provide it? So that's another thing to, uh, nice. to test out and to try this year. Okay, let's talk about influence marketing. Can you tell how to find the right influencer? Because, you know, uh, I got a few clients who told me this channel doesn't work for them. But I, I, I got totally the same question about SEO, about paid marketing. LinkedIn doesn't work. SEO doesn't work. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think it depends on uh, the approach, strategy. <laughs> uh, so can you tell how to find the right influencer? Because today we have many influencers with fake uh, followers with uh, fake engagement and how to divide uh, real influencers who uh, have a real audience who uh, and this audience is ready to buy with the right message because even uh, influencers have audience it doesn't mean that they this audience are related to our products any insights how to do it mm -hmm. first of all again comes back to your customers figuring out who they are and what influencers do they follow. So I always start with that. 
take your customers, create a questionnaire or hop on a call with them if you can and ask them, whom do you follow online? And you will find some similarities in their answers and it will give you an idea which type of influencers you want to reach out. So go to them because outside of their your customers, they have other you know people that follow them. So you can tap into those. So that's the first like very, um, I would say, the approach with the low risk. Mm -hmm. So the second thing you can do is if you have, if, if you are limited with your budget, I would do your research manually. I wouldn't use the tools. Uh, and I would try to find influencers who have similar audience to yours. Uh, you probably know, depending on what space you're at, you know, what are your customers would find valuable in different type of YouTubers and different type of TikTokers, again, depending on the age, demographic, so on and so on. Off. And then you can check the engagement. If you do it manually, you can actually see, okay, if this person has 1 million views and two comments, something is off. I know I'm exaggerating, but sometimes that happens, right? So you do that manually and then you test out, you know, your offer with a handful of influencers, very often when people say, oh, it, it didn't work for me, it's because they did the campaign with one person or two people. And sometimes it happens, sometimes it wouldn't work even with the influencer who has a lot of followers and who are engaged just because like it was a wrong you know, person. So you need to approach it as a channel. You never run just one ad and say ads never work for me, right? You would test it with multiple audience, with different creatives. So you need to do with uh, the same thing with influencers. And once you get a feel that, okay, I tested it out with a handful of influencers that I handpicked myself, I checked the engagement, and I see that it is working, then you scale. And you scale by finding a tool that can find you a lot of influencers similar to you know the ones that you found. Like Influencity is one of the tools. There are a lot of out there. They're pretty similar. And these tools can actually show you, okay, they, uh, this is the amount of influence followers they have. This is the location, the distribution, you know, of their followers, the age, so on and so forth, and the engagement, the true engagement uh, rates. So you, like, there is no way to pretty much fake it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome, valuable. Okay, Anna, I have the question about um, uh, about influence marketing more. Can you tell uh, how uh, to create content uh, for influence marketing? Do we need to tell influencers, please uh, sell, uh, uh, I don't know, like be pushy with selling our products, or it's better to rely to their approaches to tell, okay, I need to sell this product, please create review or any insights how to do it in the right way? Mm -hmm. I love this question because that's actually one of, um, you know, the things you could do to improve your influencer marketing campaign and to get the higher return on your investment is to create content for these influencers or at least templatized content that they can tweak when working with them uh, so that they, you know, have something uh, you already know works for your audience to share with theirs. So that's, you know, the one thing. 
The other thing to do is to make sure that your audience, your, not the audience, your influencers, they got really excited about your product because I think that's the biggest difference. When you onboard your potential influencer, you need to get a feel. For example, if you're a B2B brand, is this person going to use my product, my service, by me offering it even for free, you know, since they are an influencer? And if the answer is no, they're not going to use it, they don't find the value, they're just, you know, going to create a piece of content for you, then most likely this, you know, piece of content wouldn't perform. But if they're truly excited about your product, if you do a good job with onboarding and they're like, oh my God, it's such a cool tool. I want to use it myself. I want to talk about this tool within my networks. Then you're going to see a lot of success. You know, this authenticity. Uh, if you are a direct-to-consumer brand, you know, within e-commerce, you want to make sure they're not just, you know, trying it on for a picture, but they're actually going again to use your uh, product. And so their followers see, you know, them wearing it all the time. So this authenticity is crucial because you probably know, you follow, I'm sure, some of the folks. And if you see someone whom you can really trust and they use it, you're like, oh, maybe I should test it out too. But if you see, okay, that's the ad, um, you know, here is a software product I heard of, go check it out. It's just another Facebook ad, you know, uh, mm -hmm. it's not an influencer campaign. So it should be authentic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. By the way, if, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, all uh, content creators know their audience. For example, if you tell me, please uh, sell this product uh, on LinkedIn, uh, and I know what kind of content my audience can consume and uh, where I can get more engagement. So, yeah, I completely agree. It's better to uh, to rely on influencer experience, you know, tell, okay, I need to sell it. Please create content now that can help to get uh, sales. Anna, uh, let's talk about marketing in the recession. You mentioned before the podcast that you uh, can share insights and, you know, I'm still waiting for this recession. I don't know. Probably it's going now. Probably not because, you know, my brother told me uh, in like four years ago, it's coming. We need to uh, sell our SP 500. We need to wait to save all this money. But uh, once I spoke with Neil Patel and he told that... Uh, in recession, he usually doubles marketing budget because uh, other companies can stop or cut marketing budget. At that time, uh, it costs less, so I can double this energy to uh -huh. build more uh, audience, to get more loyal audience. And when the right will uh, time will come, so I'll sell a lot more. I don't need to compete with them. So inter interesting strategy. I don't know if it works for anybody else. Of course, it depends. But Tell how to market in recession when uh, sales are uh, going down. You see, you've already uh, spoken to so many smart people, <laughs> such great yeah. people who are on your podcast. So you know all the strategies already. So you just, you know, uh, stole one from uh, from my mouth, or Neil Patel did, or maybe I read it somewhere from Neil Patel and use it, <laughs> you know, until these days. 
So that's actually the biggest strategy. And I'm glad that you don't feel uh, the recession yourself. Working here with startups, I can tell that it is pretty uh, significant because a lot of startups are cutting their uh, marketing budgets, they're uh, cutting marketing employees. And at the end of the day, like what's happening, they are basically sitting there with their product teams and not promoting and preserving this cash because they're afraid they won't get this cash, you know, and not doing any marketing at all. And I think it's a wrong strategy for the exact same reason, right? Uh, everybody's doing that. People are afraid economy is like slowing down. You're not going to scale in this fashion. So what can you do? The first thing you can do, and we've already discussed it kind of, is you can save your cash with resources. Um, I know that a lot of companies let go of their employees, but what can they do next? Full-time employees is not the only answer. You can go ahead and create cross-functional teams that are outside of the US, that are outside of your expensive cities and find you know, folks who can still work on growth and marketing that are outside of your realm. So we discussed you know, hiring freelancers, consultants. So thinking how you can put them together in cross-functional teams so they can still you know, generate some results. That's mm -hmm. the first one. Uh, and the second one is since you are already saving, you know, this money with like full-time salaries, what are the channels you can tap into, you know, to get the highest return? And Neil Patel is absolutely right. I am completely on board with him. Right now it's the time because the ad prices are actually going down. Why? Because the competition is not there. The... Um, Influencer compensations are going down. Why? Because the competition is less there. So partnering with influencers, amplifying influencer campaigns with ads, because again, it's less expensive. And, you know, seeing the growth while everybody else is just sitting there and waiting and preserving cash. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I found uh, if you speak with 100 marketers, uh, and ask the same question, you can get a hundred different replies. So Neil Patel can share about uh, what works for him. Uh, you agree, but you add your insights. So that, that's cool, you know, to learn from uh, all great people. Okay, Anna, uh, I have the question about your experience, about you. Can you tell, for example, uh, in marketing, if you sell to uh, anyone you sell to no one yeah because we need oh, to yeah. find our buying persona uh, you are marketer advisor can you tell why companies need to cooperate with you what kind of unique selling proposition you have compared to other many thousand probably even million marketing advisors and who is your ideal customers uh, I mean like uh, who uh, Tell uh, the customer that you can help much better than anybody else. I love this question. <laughs> it gives me uh, some highlights on promoting myself, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, first of all, you're absolutely right in terms of you need to know who your persona is. And that's the only way to start. And if you're not there yet, go back and figure out who your you know customer persona is. In terms of myself, I work with uh, B2B software brands 
who target small and medium businesses and who are not that huge enough to hire their full-time chief marketing officer or head of marketing, but still need to grow. Therefore, I am there for them to build out the strategy, uh, to define the resources they need for growth and help them to put together these cross-functional teams that I was talking about to find the resources to implement my strategies and constantly coach and provide feedback uh, with the right growth trajectory. So that's what I do. Imagine you're a B2B uh, brand, you launched your product, now you need to grow. You can't afford paying 250,000, 300,000 for a you know, CMO. You come to me, look at me as a interim CMO, and I work out you know, all the growth tactics together with you and find the resources to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. By the way, I'm going, uh, my team right now is developing our tool. Uh, uh, we are going to unite website audit with AI generation. So we'll see. Probably I will be a customer, but I recommend to anybody. <laughs> I'd be happy <laughs> to help you. <laughs> yeah. So but I need to Tell test. Tell me more about your tool bit. if you can. Uh, it, uh, you know, for example, we have many website audit tools. Uh, everything what you need just to add your website. Uh, many other tools can do it. You know, they analyze websites, to analyze titles, descriptions, uh, content, provide insights. But, uh, of course, uh, we have some our unique selling proposition uh, because we are going to unite with uh, AI. We are going to uh, generate text for uh, website pages because many tools mm -hmm. uh, what i found many tools they usually you need to uh, type your uh, keywords or headline and to, uh, ai can write content but it takes time if you add your website that means uh, you can uh, generate text for all text on your website right now my team is working on updating this tool so we'll see yeah i, I think it, it takes like a few weeks to launch it we'll see how it works even you know uh mm -hmm. i'm not sure that ai it's a golden button of course not you know it's not only just to click this golden button you get text for all website pages you can submit of course not uh, you need to edit but it saves so much time by editing mm -hmm. you don't need to uh, write yourself you, you don't need to find keywords to create strategy to create structure you need just to edit existing text to provide insights and we tested it works well uh, but right now we are going to uh, create the tool the first version will be free then uh, uh, i'll share with my audience i'll check out how it works and then of course <laughs> i need to market this tool as well so i'm happy now to share this tool with you <laughs> and we'll see how it works <laughs> Love it. I'd be happy to demo it and just see how it works. Because again, AI is the future. You're absolutely right. You can't, you won't be able to totally rely on it and just, you know, click like submit button each time it gives you the information. You're still a human being. You need to think. But just the amount of time AI saves yeah. is crazy. And especially with search engine optimization, I can tell you a lot of startups, they actually, um, 
see this issue again having the limited amount of resources for example you partner with uh, an seo agency and they give you this huge booklet of um things you need to optimize and then yeah. the same one of the blogs you need to write and you bring it back to your team for example to your martech team and you say okay guys now we need to go ahead and do that and sometimes it takes more than a quarter to find the resources, to implement all of it. So if you can find a solution that can analyze and offer you the edits, you know, right away that you can, you know, double check and click on submit, yes, 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 and implement it, that would be awesome. So yeah. brands would be lucky yeah. to have your tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just I need to finish. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that was pre-launch, you know. <laughs> so, okay, Anna, I have, the final question. Uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. You don't have experience in uh, many chat. Uh, you didn't consult any company in your life, but you are going to be an expert in one shiny day, sunny day. So what would you do today to learn more about marketing? Hmm. That's a really... Good question. So which area would I start with, right? You know, I, uh, as I mentioned before the podcast, I have uh, uh -huh. two. I, I have different audience and some of them are students. So in the final questions, I usually ask questions about students because many of them uh -huh. ask me what to do, what to learn. Many things are coming. SEO will be dead. Instagram will be dead. YouTube will be dead. I don't know, paid marketing. And uh, where, what to do today? And, uh, you know, even in SEO field, we have a lot of obsolete techniques. We have something that changed because Google, for example, changes algorithms 7,000 times a year. It's a lot. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, for example, uh, I found that on LinkedIn, uh, if something works, it doesn't mean that it works tomorrow. Yeah, uh, because mm -hmm. all platforms think how to develop and innovate. For me, it's more important not to learn uh, new algorithms. It's more important to learn about human behavior, how to satisfy them. And if you uh, mm -hmm. can satisfy human, then all algorithms will love your content. It's my answer. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For example, if you started today, if you're a student, just uh, uh -huh. graduated, what will you do today to learn more about marketing to become an expert in one day? <laughs> you know, I'll tell you the story and what I did. And I think I would do the exact same thing today. In fact, I'm doing it this year too, just to get uh, to the next level. So when I moved to the United States and uh, I, I used to have business back in the days that I owned myself. So I never worked for you know somebody else, but I really wanted to get into tech and I wanted to get into marketing. That's what I thought. So I found the first, first startup that, needed marketing help and I started helping them out with you know the knowledge that I already had and it was quite boring and I came home and I was like oh my god is it really marketing like do I really want to do it it sounds like so familiar what I've already done and then my husband actually he found a growth marketing conference and he's like Anna you gotta go to this conference it was in San Francisco large event 
I think it costed like $700 back in the day, maybe $500. And I was like, Alex, I don't make that much money. I don't want to go. Like, I'm not the marketer yet. He's like, you should go. And I'm so grateful to him, honestly, because I went to this conference and I learned so much about marketing. I didn't learn, of course, the specifics, but I learned what was there what was there overall? So I learned about conversion rate optimization on the website. I learned about the ads, advertising, optimization, personalization, even the, the time, all the social media platforms, SEO. So I figured what people were already doing to get some results. And I figured out what I got really excited about. So at that time I got excited about advertisement and uh, conversion rate optimization. So I did the second step. I went to udemy.com, which offers like $15, you know, classes. And I took classes for every topic that I got interested uh, during the conference, just to get myself very familiar with, you know, the subject. And just by doing that, I figured, what were my interests, where I wanted to excel, where I wanted to go deeper. And it also helped me actually to find my first job because by going through the conference and doing two courses on Udemy, I already knew, you know, something to start with. So I would recommend doing the same thing for, you know, the folks who are new to the industry. And as I mentioned, I am doing it again this year because I was like, okay, I've been doing marketing for the last eight years uh, and I was going to conferences, but to very specific ones. I want to grow broader. And this year I'm going to South by Southwest. You probably heard of it. It's a huge conference. It's going to be in um, Texas, in Austin, in March. It costed me a huge amount of <laughs> money honestly because it is like very popular but i'm excited i want to learn more from the folks who are larger than me bigger than me um and who do cool stuff nice i love that it. that was fun <laughs> i love it you know why because i love that you can learn and think how to implement now how to adapt so it's not only about learning uh, and i see this trap when companies people can learn and do nothing if you do nothing it doesn't work but you learn from conferences mm -hmm. from courses and implement all these ideas i love it awesome awesome Anna, it's a big pleasure to get my show to learn from you tell the best way how to reach out to you how to learn more about you how to follow you yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Instagram. It's the Anna Digital. My last name is so hard, so I had to come up with an easier, you know, brand name. So it's Anna Digital, and you can uh, get to my website. It's AnnaDigital.co, uh, and reach out to me there if you have any questions. If there is anything I can help you with, um, feel free to you know hop in and ask the question. Okay, I'd guys. Be happy to help. Uh... Okay, guys, if it's hard uh, to type name of Anna uh, Tutska, you can find the link in the description. You can find Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, follow her. You can see a lot of 
valuable insights. And uh, remember, it's not only about how to learn, it's more about how to implement. So learn from Anna and implement your ideas. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.